This is episode three of Lady, You're Scaring Us. Yeah, if you've made it this far, we appreciate it, because honestly, we know we need to step up our game a little. I mean, and we're working on it. It's going to take some time. This is our first time. We're getting in the groove. We know. But But, yeah, if you've stuck with us, thanks. I feel like the things are only going to get better. Morgan, (laughs) what do you think? I think it's going to get better. I'm Hillary. I'm Taylor. I'm Morgan. And this is Lady, You're You're Scaring scaring us. Us. So, if you've listened to our past episodes, you know we've referenced Idaho murders every time because that's what kind of we were talking about when we started the idea of this podcast. This kind of relates to that in the fact of, do you know what an incel is? Have you heard that term when they've been talking about Brian Koberger? I've heard it, but I don't really know know what it is. No, not I have a very short definition that I can read to you. Perfect. So, an incel, it stands for involuntarily celibate. And typically, they're men who blame women and society for their lack of romantic success. Mm. (laughs) It's already bad, isn't it? (laughs) The incel community typically shares a misogynistic ideology of women as being genetically inferior to men. Mm. They believe that women are driven by their sexual desire to reproduce with genetically superior males, thereby excluding unattractive men such as themselves. I immediately, I don't know about you, but I immediately thought of, like, so many boys in high school. Mm. And I hate to, like, generalize it because I know they're not all like this, but I I immediately think of, like, nerdy video game playing boys who just, like, blame attractive, outgoing social males and women just like, oh, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and it's their fault because they just want to reproduce. Yeah. They probably watch a lot of anime. Oh, for sure. You hate anime. I hate anime. She I'm sorry. Anime. I'm sorry to the audience if you love anime, but I, I just don't think anybody I, really watches anime. I just nice. don't. I can't I can't get I can't I can't get with it. There's too many links. Not even Sailor Moon. Don't even know what that is. Okay. Never heard of it. I'm not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, ask because I Morgan know. <laughs> at this point we're not surprised. Yeah, we just yeah. assume you don't know anything that we know. That's no, for sure. Um but people think that brian koberger may have been in cell i don't mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say he would be like an incel i definitely think he was offended that those girls didn't talk to him but i feel like but i don't he, think he was uh, a full-on incel brian koberger may not have been an incel but he was definitely one of those guys that was like listen when i get out of high school i'm gonna get in the military or be a cop or be a cop and i'm gonna have this complex of like control and people are gonna have to do what i tell them to do and i'm gonna have like i'm gonna have this inferiority complex kind of thing kind of like um the person that's over security where we work <laughs> oh preach anyway yeah i mean technically like guys like that mm-hmm. who like were starved for attention because they were weird growing up and then they get into these roles where they're like i have power now i can do what i want with it but also you know the phrase there's somebody for everybody (laughs) that's i think that's generally true Mm. i've seen some people that i'm like "Hmm," and they found their person and good for them so So what's wrong with us morgan i don't know you haven't found them yet i know i mean i'm pushing 30 Morgan's pushing. Yeah. Morgan's Morgan pushing. Not even twenty-five. Morgan can't rent a car. <laughs> Morgan can't. Mor- or a hotel room. Ooh. Okay, I've done both. Thank you. Oh, she's done both. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a very, very, very short description of incels, okay. and I don't think it started so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I think a girl actually started the term and kind of brought about that community, but. 
but it was probably a girl who was probably a gamer girl and then they're hot now no listen gamer girls i'm here for them they're hot now they are first of all girls women are hot period yeah i'm i'm a woman everyone loves women i'm a i'm a woman who's for the women if these video game girls were probably so immersed in that world that they're like I would not be surprised if it was a video game girl who came up with that because they're around it all the time. I don't know. I think she was Canadian. <laughs> she could be a Canadian video game girl. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just oh, wow. saying. But, um, of course, men eventually claimed it as theirs. Mm, yeah. As they do Always. and have been doing since the beginning of time. We and like then them. they... Hmm? We, we like men. Today we're going to talk about Elliot Roger. And another way this ties into Coburger is because you remember one of those accounts was called like Papa Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, people are putting together that this could have been after Elliot Roger because Elliot Roger has been coined as the incel king, mm-hmm. which is not a compliment, but I guess in their world it is. Yeah. So before Elliot did everything that we're about to talk about, he wrote a 146 page manifesto that he titled My Twisted World. And it detailed his life from birth all the way up to what happened. And I read the whole goddamn thing. And (laughs) Of course. um, Why? (laughs) Because I had to, because that's where I got all this information from. So I literally pulled all of this from his manifesto. Most of it is his words. So keep that in mind. Some of them are direct quotes, but a lot of this I just... I just copied and pasted. Elliot Roger was born in London, England on July 24th, 1991. His dad, Peter Roger, was a British filmmaker, and he came from a family of old money. His mom, Lee Chin Roger, was of Malaysian descent, and she worked as a nurse on film sets. And she worked in the industry for a while, and she knew some big-time people like Steven Spielberg. He wrote E.T. and I don't know, something you would know. Um, (laughs) She even dated George Lucas. Mm. No idea. Who yeah, but you go <laughs> Morgan. Who's George Lucas? Morgan goes. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> In yeah, all reality, yeah. I know nothing. Mm, George, if she doesn't. Star Wars, babe. Okay, got it. Star Wars. Got it. Big, big thing. You go to Disney World. You know what Star yeah, Wars is. Yeah, I do. Is. Know what Star Wars is. Yeah. So the dude that created all that. Got it. She dated him. Mm. Shortly Good after stuff. he was born, they moved out of the city, London, and got a house in the English countryside where. Elliot would spend the first five years of his life. He claimed that these were the best years of his life and said that the only memories he had during this period were of happiness and bliss. And he lived a super privileged life. And even he admitted it. He wrote, at the age of four, I, Elliot Roger, had already been to six different countries. Mm. Who can claim that, huh? The United Kingdom, France, Spain, Greece, Malaysia, and the United States. Mm. Is that, no. is that attractive? No. No. His parents gave birth to another child, a daughter named Georgia, and they began talking mm. about... Georgia. What, what was that? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. No, Morgan, you're good. Morgan liked you the name Georgia. You make any comment you want. <laughs> that was just weird. What was... She's just... Mm, Georgia. So they started talking about going to the United States, and his dad went on a couple trips there to kind of scope it out. And after Elliot's fifth birthday, they moved and began their new life in Woodland Hills, California. They lived in a large house with a big backyard that had a swimming pool. The family had hired nannies to help take care of him and his sister. His first friend in America was surprisingly a girl named Maddie. I was a five-year-old boy playing with a girl my own age, like 
any normal boy would do. I was enjoying life in a world that I loved. I was happy and completely oblivious of the fact that my future on this world would only turn to darkness and misery because of girls. Morgan made a face. This girl, who was my friend, Maddie Humphreys, would eventually come to represent everything I hate and despise, everything that is against me, and everything that I'm against. So there's your first taste of... So probably what happened was he fell in love with Maddie, and Maddie was like, mm. uh, When he was six years old, he had a traumatic event that would stay with him for a long time. He called this a traumatic event. Just keep that the in mind. The rest of his life, even. He realized he was short. And of all places, he was struck with this terrible realization when he, w- when he went on vacation to Universal Studios. Oh, poor kid. Uh, I was very small and short stature for my age. I never gave this much concern during my early childhood. But this fact fully dawned on me the day my family took a trip to Universal Studios mm. to Should've torture me. Should have gone to Disney. Yep. <laughs> Ride everything. More rides for children. At the time, I loved dinosaurs. I was fascinated by them. I had just recently watched the movie Jurassic Park, and when I found out there was a Jurassic Park themed ride at Universal Studios, I couldn't wait to go on it. Bro was pumped. We queued up in the line and waited for an hour. When reached the front, the park staff presented me with a measuring stick, and I didn't fit the requirements. I saw other boys my age admitted onto the ride, but I was denied because I was too short. The ride that I was so excited to enjoy at the theme park was forbidden to me. You do a good job reading in it as an incel. I immediately fell into a crying tantrum, and my mother had to comfort me. Being denied entry of a simple amusement park ride due to my height may seem like a small injustice, but it was big for me at the time. Little did I know this injustice was very small indeed compared to all the things I'll be denied in the future because of my height. Mm. What a sad, sad story. Yeah, but you won't feel bad for him for very long. Everything else during his time was fine. His parents moved into a new house in Topanga that he loved. Another house with a swimming pool had a deck that looked out over the mountains. And he had friends, both boys and girls. His school had two playgrounds. Mm. He got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas, him and Burke. With their I love Nintendo 64. Mm. Mm. I, don't, I didn't have one. Dude, you were well, my cousin You're going to sit here and judge me for not having one, and Hillary didn't even. You I weren't alive. I played one. <laughs> well, I, I played one. My bad. Um, do you remember, um, what was it called? Dream? I dreamed no, a dream. No, it was, a, it was, a, it was made, it was a, a Sega Dreamcast. Yes, of course I do. Yeah, I played no, that. I yeah, I didn't. Again, I didn't expect you to, okay? <laughs> That's why I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah. We're not mean to Morgan. We uh, promise. Okay. Hillary and, I, Hillary and I are just very um, blunt. Yeah. But we love Morgan. We she's adore one of our favorites. her. And, and we, we have to you, give her a hard time because she's so perfect. Yeah. I'm not and perfect. We do that to people we love. Exactly. That's how we show If we don't love. pick on you, we don't like you. Exactly. Got it. So we like you a lot, huh, Morgan? <laughs> perfect. <laughs> So, yeah, he got the N64 for Christmas, and that sparked his love of video games. You were ragging on video game players earlier. I was, you but better I'm, take not, it back. I'm taking it back, but, I mean, not fully. Okay. <laughs> he was living the dream. His dad was gone a lot, but it was because his career was taking off. And that summer, he had to go to summer camp, and he wasn't happy about it, but he actually ended up having a good time. During this time, he noticed that his parents were arguing a lot more, and he asked his mom if she and his dad were going to get a divorce, and she told him that would never happen. Mm. But the following year, shortly after he turned seven, his parents did divorce. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. He said that he was absolutely shocked 
outraged and above all else overwhelmed, especially Mm. because his mom had literally just told him not to worry about that. Mm. Um, And he said his life changed after that. His mom was the one to move out. And the plan was for him and his sister to mainly live with her and then spend weekends with their dad. It was the smallest house I've ever lived in at that point. It only had two bedrooms and I had to share a room with my sister, Georgia. Gross. Mm, We had a bunk bed. (laughs) Georgia. And I slept on the top. It was quite uncomfortable. I was quite uncomfortable with this change at first, being used to having my own room and living in a bigger house. My mother's kind and loving nature, however, made up for this. She turned the household into a fun environment, which I enjoyed living in. Did you have to share a room with your sister? Absolutely. Really? I had to share a room. My sister is eight years older than me. Mm, I'm like seven years older than my sister. Yeah. Yeah. My mm. sister hated it, but I was just... Oh, I would have hated it. Stoked. Yeah. I would have hated it. She hated said it. I used to wake up in the middle of the night and tell her I hated her. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Why am I not surprised? Okay. Not long after the divorce, Elliot went to visit his dad and there was a woman standing in the kitchen. She said her name was Sumaya. You know she was hot. We know what Samaya was. We know what she was about. Mm, she was. And his dad said that she'd be living with them now. My father having a girlfriend so shortly after divorcing my mother didn't even occur to me. I couldn't understand it. Soon enough, though, I realized that Samoya was, in fact, his girlfriend. And they were together, just like how my father and my mother were together. It was the first time I learned the concept of a girlfriend, and it was hard to grasp. Before that, I always thought a man and a woman had to be married before living together in such a manner, and it would take a long time for such a union to happen. Father, finding a new girlfriend in such a short amount of time, baffled me. I was completely taken aback. I soon became accustomed to Samoya being part of father's household. For the initial period of her being a new member of the family, we got along well, and she was quite fun. But soon she would start to discipline me in a harsh way that I wasn't used to. I felt that because she wasn't my real parent, she had no right to discipline me in such a way. And so I rebelled. That's where the first conflicts arose. There would be many more to come in later years. So this harsh discipline... That she administered, from mm. what I read, didn't sound very harsh. Mm. He said something about she made him drink milk in the morning. Oh, poor baby. And then she made him drink, like, some kind of soup or something. But he said one time he had a friend over to play with him, and then at one point, Elliot yelled at his little sister because she was getting on his nerves. And Sumaya sent him to his room for it and said he had to stay in there for an hour. And he said that when she did that in front of his friend, it embarrassed mm. him so bad. And from that point on, he never asked a friend to come over to play again because it embarrassed him so bad. That's dramatic, isn't it? He's so dramatic. He's very the kid had it easy. He's very dramatic. So he was in the second grade and he said he didn't remember much, but he does recall having a really good time during this time in his life. He had friends at school. Pokemon cards became a thing. I remember that. You remember Pokemon cards? Duh. I remember having them just to have them because Mm. they were cool. I never really understood the concept of them. I just thought they looked cool. I didn't know either, but you you weren't alive, probably. I'm all just focused on the Pikachu. Like I said, I knew I had them, didn't know what to do with them, but I could be like, look what I got. So he had the Pokemon cards and all him and all of his friends were running around, showing them off, trading their cards. He probably knew how to play with the cards. Um, And his mom was still friends with George Lucas and he got to go to the premiere of Star Wars Episode One. So he got to go to a huge Huge, movie premiere. In his writings, his next year of life is about the same. He's still happy. He's still very privileged traveling to all these different countries. But then he says at nine years old, he began observing the world more consciously. This is when he realized that he was the shortest person in his class. Oh, my gosh. Not just out of the boys, but 
Even the girls were taller Mm. than him. In the past, I rarely gave thought to it, but even at this stage, I became extremely annoyed at how everyone was taller than me and how the tallest boys were automatically respected more. It instilled the first feelings of inferiority in me. And such feelings would only grow more volatile with time. He had heard that basketball would make him taller, so he immediately began to play. That doesn't even make sense. No? (laughs) But, like, you know when you're a kid, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I guess, yeah. When I played basketball at school, some boys would join me. And when they did, I saw that they were much better at the sport than me. I envied their ability to throw the ball at the... (laughs) I envied their ability to throw the ball at double the distance than I could. This made me realize that along with being short, I was physically weak compared to the other boys my age. Even boys younger than me were stronger. This vexed me to no end. Mm. It vexed him. He's fucking nine. <laughs> like, throughout this and reading this, I wonder, like, is that is that really how he thought of things as a kid? Yeah. Or is that how he's thinking, thinking of, of them now? now? Yeah. I'm thinking that he was thinking of it now because yeah. like, like surely no, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure when he was a kid, he did thought basketball was making him, would make him taller and all this, but surely he did not think those deep of thoughts. Sure. Yeah. As a kid. Agreed. No. Uh, but I mean, he, <laughs> did he just think that these, these other kids just naturally were good at basketball? He eventually quit because he sucked, and it wasn't making him taller. Go figure. Uh, As my fourth grade year approached its end, my little nine-year-old self had another revelation about how the world works. I realized that there were hierarchies that some people were better than others. And of course, I was subconsciously aware of this in the past. But it was at this time of my life, at nine years old, that I started to give it a lot of thought and importance. I started to see this at school. At school, there will always be the cool kids who seem to be more admirable than others. The way they looked, dressed, and acted made them cooler. I don't remember what was cool when I was in the fourth grade. We wore uniforms at school, so the clothing huh. thing. Freak. It was I didn't even terrible. wear uniforms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it kind of, it's more surprising that yeah, Hillary the, wore uniforms. Uh, yeah, and then I, know. I thought you went to public schools, though. No, I went to a Christian school. Oh, even as like elementary, middle, and high school? Mm, all my life. All your life. All my life. What was, yours was just a private school? No. It was a public school. I don't know why they instilled that. He started comparing himself to the cool kids and said that he came to the horrific discovery that he was uncool. He said he had a dorky hairstyle and wore plain and uncool clothing and was shy. And this really took a hit on his self-esteem naturally. He also felt that the fact that he was mixed-raced, half-Caucasian, half-Asian, also made it hard for him to fit in. And he's really racist, you'll find later Mm. on, which is funny because you're mixed-race, but he hates on everybody who is as well. But. Interesting. Trying to fit in, he asks his parents to let him bleach his hair because he always envied and admired blonde-haired people. They always seemed to have more fun and were more beautiful. So his parents took him to a salon. However, he was horrified when he looked in the mirror after because they only did the tops and sides of his head because he was too young for a full bleaching, which when I saw a picture, it was what was cool. It was the tips. Mm -hmm. That was cool. You know, I do remember that being cool, like just having the Justin Timberlake. Right. Frosted tips. Frost. 
So he was like, oh my God, but they said you were too young to bleach your hair fully. Mm -hmm. He was furious and he was dreading to go to school the next day, but surprisingly, his classmates thought it looked cool. Hmm. And he said for a few days, he got a hint of the attention and admiration he so craved. Hmm. He says that this is when he really started obsessing over copying everything that the cool kids were doing. And he overheard some kids joking about how Pokemon players were lame. So he immediately quit playing. Mm. He noticed all the cool kids were skateboarding, so he got his dad to buy him a skateboard and he started practicing. Part three of his manifesto covers ages 9 through 13, and he calls this time the last period of contentment. Interesting. Jeez. Like, yeah. Uh, God. Like, I can't even remember. (laughs) The last years of contentment. Like, I I don't remember when I was, like, nine specifically. No. Like, some things, but not. A 13-year-old girl, you were not content. No. You were awkward. You were in puberty. Yeah. If that was contentment, Lord. Okay. Uh, He continued to focus on skateboarding so he could be cool. He got one to keep at his mom's house and got her to take him shopping for cool skateboarder clothes. Volcom. Fox. Volcom. Etnies shoes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He started taking some lessons and going to skate parks, and that it actually became a real hobby interest for him. Not just something he was doing to be cool. He wanted to be professional. He wanted to be professional, you know, like Tony Hawk. Does Morgan? Do, do you, you know, know who Tony do Hawk you? is? I do. I actually do know. Who okay, right, Tony. So he said uh, he actually considered himself to be very cool at, at that point. He had gotten better at skateboarding. He was able to get his hair fully dyed blonde. Not just the tips. <laughs> and he dressed like a skateboarder. He said, fifth grade was my favorite school year in elementary school. I played with more people than I ever did in previous grades. I was less shy, I wasn't a dork, and I had an awesome time learning how to skateboard and hacky sack. It was a memorable year filled with joyful experiences. He said he didn't want fifth grade to be over because he was super nervous about middle school. He knew that girls would become a big thing and had heard stories that boys were supposed to start kissing girls then. During the summer after fifth grade, he lost interest in skateboarding because he went to a park and saw people that were better than him. I had been trying very hard to get better at skateboarding, but when I saw that there were boys a lot younger than me who could do more tricks, I realized that I sucked. I was never good at sports or any physical activity, and when I discovered skateboarding, I thought that finally here was a sport that I could excel in and even become a professional at. It crushed me a little inside to see that I was a failure at skateboarding after more than a year of practicing it. I could never master the kickflip or the heel flip. I didn't know there was a heel flip. All I could do was the ollie jump and ride down a few ramps. I saw eight-year-old boys at the skate park who could do a kickflip with ease, and it would make me so angry. Why did I fail at everything I tried? I asked myself. My dreams of becoming a professional skateboarder were over. I felt so defeated. So there's a trend. He does something that he thinks is cool. He finds out he's not good at it, and he quits. Mm -hmm. Then he started the sixth grade, middle school. Mm, Fun time. Yeah. On the first day, I was shaking with anxiety and fear. I didn't know what to expect. Transitioning to middle school was a big deal for me, even more so than starting elementary school. I was much older, and I cared more about what people thought of me. He said it was a new school where he didn't know anyone, and he didn't know what was cool anymore. He said he noticed that there were two groups of cool, popular kids. There were the skateboarder kids, and then there were the boys who were popular with girls. He felt intimidated by them, and he hated them for it. He said he hated them so much, but he knew he had to increase his standing with them because he wanted to be friends with them. Then he noticed the girls. Nobody's cute at this age. You know what I mean? Like, So it's like... But my thing is also like, bro, your dad is a Hollywood whatever. He's a Hollywood buff. 
And like use that shit to your advantage, right? But he was probably going to school with other rich kids too. Probably. But I mean, just keep going to Star Wars premieres. Mm. Mm. But keep in mind, he had friends during most of this time. They just weren't the friends that he thought. Yeah. He want he needed or whatever. Okay. So he noticed the girls. I was still very short for my age, and most of the girls were taller than me. I hadn't reached puberty yet, but I was starting to admire female prettiness. There was one group of pretty popular girls, and they all seemed to be hanging out with that boy, Robert. I didn't yet desire girls sexually, but I still felt envy towards Robert for being able to attract the attention of all the popular girls. What was so special about Robert? I constantly Mm. asked myself. He noticed that the guys who were obnoxious jerks, in his opinion, were the guys that all the girls flocked to, and he thought that this was crazy. He said it just showed him that the world was a brutal place and that humans were just savage animals. Hmm. You go for the obnoxious jerks. <laughs> well, not going to answer that. Okay. <clears throat> Pleading the floor again. It's okay. Everything my father taught me was proven wrong. He raised me to be a polite, kind gentleman in a decent world that would be ideal. But the polite, kind gentleman doesn't win in the real world. The girls don't flock to the gentleman. They flock to the alpha male. They flock to the boys who appear to have the most power and status. And it was a ruthless struggle to reach such a height. It was too much for me to handle. I was still a little boy with a fragile mind. Thinking about such things would only crush my innocence, and it eventually will. Again, so dramatic. Like, everything's dramatic at that age. Not that. I mean, not that dramatic. I wonder what my manifesto would have sounded like. I feel like mine would have been... Yo, I would have been fucking funny. You could have sold that shit for something. I feel like mine would have been boring. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. Eventually, girl, girls did get to know Elliot and were pretty nice to him. He said middle school would be the last time in his life where he wouldn't be completely invisible to girls. The pretty girls would hug boys when they greeted them. Elliot would even get hugs. Ooh, Elliot. He said it was the best feeling ever. Which makes me go, was he not getting love, like physical love at home? He went to, to a school dance and some of the older 7th and 8th grade girls offered to dance with him. There was nothing more fun than a middle school dance. Bro. Your school didn't have them, did they? No, we did not. Yeah. No, <laughs> Man, my God. Those were like, oh, they. I off the chain. <laughs> those were some of the best parties. It would be ever like been. on a Friday and you're like, yes. Yes. And we go in there and listen and like, it would be like the big time to be like, oh my God, so and so wants to yes. dance with you. Oh it was God. like, so like Great. my school was new. And so we would have our gym, our dances in the gym, but we had to take our shoes off because they didn't want us to scuff <laughs> the floor. <laughs> so like, gym floor that's going to get scuffed anyway. Yeah, I don't know, but we had to take our shoes off. What was the first song you ever slow danced with a boy to? Oh, God. Oh. Oh, my God. What's that song? Oh. Best thing about tonight uh-uh. that we're not fighting. That's the first song. That one's the, that's the one I remember. That's like. I mean, that's... That was middle school from... Well, you're older than me, babe. Okay, well, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'll have to think about that, but that's the only one I remember. Okay. I know I got to have a better one, but that fall for you no. is the one that no, I remember. mine was Casey and JoJo all my life. That is the quintessential middle school slow dance song for me. Who sings that song, the I, one I'm talking about? Um... Secondhand serenade? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, Morgan. It's kind of a depressing song. She's got a confused look on her face, but. Because I am. (laughs) What other songs make me think of school dances? Um, Oh, God. Shutting out them apple bottom jeans. Boots with the fur. That was was high school for me. But, like, ninth grade. Um, I'm trying to think of what was it. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm older. 
Um, O-Town. It was about O-Town. Um, fuck. Do you remember O-Town? That's the one that Ashley Parker Angel was in. Oh. Um, that slow one they had. Shit. Oh, we I should have thought just, about this. Hold on. I got to Google it. Um, Ashley Parker Angel. I haven't heard that name. Don't make me promises, baby. You didn't know oh. how to keep them well. What was that? I'm also... Because I want it all. Yeah. I also remember middle school was like the height of like Metro Station mm. for me. Shake, mm. shake, 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 yeah. Like shake. I said, that was on ninth grade. Um, sure. My middle school was those. And then it was A lot of like, Kesha. Um, no, mine was like, a, it's getting hot in here. So take off You don't know that clothes. song, Morgan? No. I am getting so hot. I want to take my clothes. <sighs> Guys... Morgan doesn't know Hot in Here by Nelly. Do you know Nelly? You know Nelly. You know who Nelly is. You oh. don't know who Nelly is? I surprise. Yes. Okay, you know that Florida Georgia Line song? Baby. Yeah. Is that And then it? the remix. Because, Baby, you a song. It made me want to know. That's Nelly. But that is not how you should know Nelly. No, it's not. You should know. Stomping in your Air Force One. Country grammar. Hot shit. Mm, I'm going down, down, baby. Young street in a range robot. The look that she's giving us right now is just pure, like, disgust. We're going to have to have a whole new podcast. Anyway, Elliot, so. Elliot probably didn't have as fun at his dance as we did, but he said, girls. What, what year was this when he was in middle school? I don't know. Oh, I can't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what he said about the girls was, they came up to me in a group and taught me how to slow dance. I had to place my hands on their hips while they placed their hands on my shoulders and we would move slowly to the music. They were all taller than me and I was terrified, but it felt so good. That would be the only time in my life where I would have a satisfying experience with girls. The only time. He probably wasn't grinding back then. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Morgan definitely hasn't grinded. That's, like, looking back on that is so no, fucking don't embarrassing. Say In middle school, that's what you did. You grinded. It was grinded. fucking embarrassing to think about now. Honestly, thinking about, like, if I were ever, like, a teacher. If I saw kids do it, I would be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Stop. Shit, there were some had, girls in my school. That's why you had a group. That's why there was a circle. There was a circle. You. Everybody circled up, and then you and had then, a boy behind yeah. you. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, Morgan. <laughs> you were grinding on the boys. Oh, shit. oh my god. Yeah, it's fucking. The boys just stood there and were like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you always had those girls that were like those girls and would go a little too far yeah, with it, and were, then our circle would get broken yeah, because then, of those girls. Everybody would be like, no, 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 no. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, middle school days were different than yours, Morgan. Yeah. Actually, they were, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, at age 11, I, he also started using the internet on a regular basis. A messenger was big during this time. Let me tell you, there was nothing better than being on AOL and his name popping up. Oh, yeah. Saying Your crush. Online. And then it would go, clunk. And, and then you'd, you'd go, like, what oh, the fuck? Because you only had a small period. Okay, so AIM. Is like it was like text messaging. It's like text messaging, computer. but it's on the computer. So it's like a chat on your computer. So say like you remember. Oh God, no. When I was about to say, <laughs> I was say about no. to say like yeah. you remember in the early days of Facebook where you could like message somebody. It's like a direct, like a direct message it's now. Texting on the computer. Yeah, but it would pop up at like the bottom yeah, of your screen. Actually, yeah. yeah. So it was like that, but it was like the whole basis of AIM was just messaging back and forth. And y'all had like quirky little screen names and whatever and else. And like, you're away message. Yeah. And then like this person is away or this person. So like 
before, and this was before cell phones, whatever else. So you would always get, like, you'd tell your crush, you'd be like, hey, say when hey. I get home from school today, I'm going to be on AIM, so maybe, like, check me out. Oh, what's your screen name? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, it's Foxy Girl 33 I would spend hours on that shit. It was so much fun. You missed out. You missed out on a good time. Sounds like it. So he was using the messenger. Mm -hmm. But he still hadn't made really a group of friends that he could see outside of school. So most of his interactions were in chat rooms. I never did chat rooms Mm because I knew even way back then that's how you get taken. (laughs) Yeah. Degrassi. Mm. It was a good show. You learned stuff. Mm. Emma almost got kidnapped because Mm. she did this. You don't know what Degrassi is. No. No, yeah. You're just nodding your head like you do. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, he would go in chat rooms, and he made some friends in the teen chat rooms and would message them frequently. Frequently. So one day, one of these friends sent him pictures of a naked woman. Oh. When I looked at the pictures, I was shocked beyond words. I had never seen what beautiful girls looked like naked, and the sight filled me with strong and overwhelming emotions. I didn't know what was happening to me. Was it the first inkling of sexual desire in my body? I was traumatized. Most of my childhood was fading away. Ominous fear swept over me, and I stopped talking to that person. So what stands out to me is he said he was traumatized. Most boys would have been like, yes. I'm not a boy, but I just judging by knowing boys. For sure. Then he started going to a cyber cafe with some friends, and he got really into PC gaming, particularly Warcraft, and later World of Warcraft. Hmm. And they'd spend tons of times playing games there and hanging out. Well, one day when he was there, he saw an older boy watching porn, Hmm. which is pretty fucking brave, dude, watching porn in a... It's like watching porn at Starbucks. Yeah. So. (laughs) Jesus. So this is what he said. I saw in detail a video of a man having sex with a hot girl. The video showed him stick his penis inside a girl's vagina. I didn't know anything about sex at the time. I barely even knew what sex was. I was slowly starting to develop sexual feelings for hot girls, but I didn't know what to do with them. To see this video really traumatized me. I had no idea what I was seeing. I couldn't imagine human beings doing such things with each other. The sight was shocking, traumatizing, and arousing. All of these feelings mixed together took a great toll on me. I walked home and cried by myself for a little bit. Felt too guilty about what I saw to talk to my parents about it. I was quite shaken for a few days. This was among the very first glimpses I had of sex. Finding out about sex is one of the things that truly destroyed my entire Mm. life. Sex, the very word, fills me with hate. Hmm. Once I hit puberty, I would always want it like any other boy. I would always hunger for it. I would always covet it. I would always fantasize about it, but I would never get it. Not getting any sex is what will shape the foundation of my miserable youth. This was a dark day. There's something else going on with this kid. For sure. I mean, yeah, like... For something like that to be so, like, traumatic. I mean, I I could see where you... I remember the first time I saw some sexually explicit things, and I was just... I mean, like, we were all kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, it's shocking. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not, Not like... traumatizing, and you don't cry yourself walking home. You're kind of like, whoa, gross. I don't want to see that. But not, like... Like I said, especially for a boy. Yeah. Because boys would be like, ooh, Yeah. Look at that. Uh, unfortunately, during this time, his mom moved into an apartment. Oh, my God, an apartment. Disgusting. Elliot was appalled, to say the least. It's probably like a plush apartment, not bad. I'm sure. Yeah, but he's used to, like, immaculate living. You're right, you're right. He had never lived in an apartment or anywhere that small. He thought of apartments as being poor and low class. He was embarrassed to live there. The only upside was having high-speed internet there. 
He said that he became so immersed in the world of witchcraft. Warcraft. Warcraft. <laughs> Sorry. He was immersed in the world of Warcraft that he stopped caring about what people thought of him. He only... What, what is World of Warcraft? Do you even know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What is it? I, my ex-boyfriend played... He was a level 35 mage. I'm just kidding. I don't know the levels. I'm just kidding. But he was a mage. I was like a magician. I don't fucking know. A wizard. (laughs) Something. I don't know. It's a role play game and you fight and battle people and there's orcs and you can be an orc or a mage or a troll or I don't know. I'm probably doing a lot of um, disservice to the game and there's probably people out there that are like, you don't know what you're talking about. It just, it sounds. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's any nerdier than any other video game. I could be wrong, but I don't know what would make it more nerdier. I guess it's just like Dungeons and Dragons. All right. Well, let's not speak on some things that we do not understand. (laughs) So he immersed himself in the world of Warcraft, not witchcraft, and he stopped caring about what people thought of him. He only saw school as something that took time away from. uh, Wow! If you if you play, he became bored at school. He says it was mainly due to the fact that he still was the invisible quiet kid so he started to act weird and annoying to people just to gain attention people started started doing a dahmer (laughs) you did doing the dahmer dude i knew kids like that though who would like purposely do weird shit Mm -hmm. and you're going bro you are 16 17 years old why are you acting like that Mm -hmm. like it used to (laughs) that's probably why i feel the way that i do about anime (laughs) you're just being you're lumping them all together taylor i know and it's and it's wrong of me and i should not do that but prove me wrong. People started to make fun of him, and he became known as the weird kid. But he says that he didn't care because he had his online games. Elliot said that he used to he used games to distract him from the harsh realities of life that was he was too scared to face. But one day, a group of popular seventh grade girls started teasing him, particularly a pretty blonde girl named Monet. Monet. <laughs> she sounds like a bitch. I mean, Monet. She must have thought I was an ultimate loser. I hated her so much, and I will never forget her. I started to hate all girls because of this. I saw them as mean, cruel, and heartless creatures that took pleasure from my suffering. At the end of his middle school career, Elliot was miserable. He said that he was extremely unpopular, widely disliked, and viewed as the weirdest kid in school, but he had to act weird to get attention. He wrote that his experience during middle school really darkened his view of the world. The funny part is, I had a crush on Monet. Mm -hmm. She was the first girl I ever had a crush on, and I never admitted it to anyone. To be teased and ridiculed by the girl I had a crush on wounded me deeply. The world that I grew up thinking was bright and blissful was all over. I was living in a depraved world, and I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to give any thought to it. Can you imagine, like, just if every time you got turned down, Mm. you just, like, you know, like, everybody gets rejected. Right. He just, when he gets kicked, he really lets it... (laughs) take him all the way down Mm -hmm. besides being introduced to wow there was really just one other positive thing that occurred during this time elliot gained a baby brother his Mm. stepmom gave birth to his little brother which they named jazz interesting (laughs) yeah and he was actually excited about being a big brother he said i wasn't as impacted by his birth as i expected myself to be possibly because i was so caught up in my own personal and emotional changes that i was going through Mm. fair then elliot went to high school Mm. And this is where we can start making fun of him because he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. And there's nothing I love more than making fun of a little bitch boy. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. His dad drove him there on the first day. This is all boys high school, by the way. 
He drove him there on the first day. When he got there, he was intimidated by all the huge high school boys. He said that he cried in the car for a few minutes and told his dad that he was too scared to get out. But eventually, he had to get out. Luckily, he saw a friend from middle school and he stuck with him. Elliot claims during the very first week, he had his first experience of true bullying. He said some 12th graders threw food at him during lunchtime and after school because he looked like a 10-year-old and was physically weak. Those are his words. He said it enraged him, but he was too scared to do anything about it. So I saw mixed, like a couple things, like he talks about being bullied. I saw other stuff where people were like, no, like not really. So I don't know. He says it got to the point where he had to wait in quiet corners of the hallways to clear before he would walk to class. He also took long routes around the school to avoid bullies. And I mean, it like it's bad because you do kind of feel bad yeah. sometimes because nobody should be bullied like no. to where they can't even walk down the hall. No, at school. that's not okay. Um, he said the boys in high school talked a lot about sex. The boys in my grade talked about sex a lot. Some of them even told me that they had sex with their girlfriends. This was the most devastating and traumatizing thing I've ever heard in my life. Boys having sex at my age of 14, I couldn't fathom it. How is it that they were able to have such intimate and pleasurable experiences with girls while I could only fantasize about it? This was an all-boys school. How in the hell were these boys even able to meet girls to have sex with, I wondered. I hoped they were lying. Hearing that really shook me to the core. Words cannot describe how much hatred and envy I felt for those boys. His ninth grade year was his last year at that high school. During the summer before 10th grade, Elliot learned that his parents were planning on sending him to Taft High School. He was terrified. Taft had five times as many students as his last school. It was a public school. It had girls in it. He said he knew that Taft High School would eat him alive and spit him out. He felt betrayed by his parents because how could they do that after knowing what he went through at his last school? Elliot describes his first day of 10th grade as toxic. He said the first week was a living hell and that he was bullied several times. Some boys randomly pushed me against the lockers as they walked past me in the hall. One boy who was tall and had blonde hair called me a loser right in front of his girlfriends. Yes, he had girls with them, pretty girls, and they didn't seem to mind that he, he was such an evil bastard. In fact, I bet they liked him for it. This is how girls are, and I was starting to realize it. This is what truly opened my eyes to how brutal the world is. The most meanest and depraved of men come out on top, and women flock to these men. Their evil acts are rewarded by women, while the good, decent men are laughed at. It is sick, twisted, and wrong in every way. I hated the girls even more than the bullies because of this. The sheer cruelty of the world around me was so intense that I will never recover from the mental scars. On the morning before the second week of school, Elliot broke down in front of his mom and begged her not to make him go back. She gave in. He didn't go to school for a month while his parents decided what to do. They decided to send him to a school where he would only spend three hours a day there and then do the rest of his work at home. Elliot liked the setup because he'd have more time to play WoW. But he didn't care for the school itself because the students were slobs and he had to ride the bus. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> Tenth and eleventh grade years at school were uneventful. He would just go there for his required time, do his work, and go home. He does note that his depression began increasing during this time. When twelfth grade began, I made a vow to finish high school before the month of March. I needed to accomplish wow. his goal early. He finished high school in mid-February. Mm. One day... He found some posts on the internet about teenagers having sex and was once again reminded of the life that he claims he had been denied. <sighs> I felt that no girl would ever want to have sex with me, and I developed extreme feelings of envy, hatred, and anger towards anyone who has a sex life. I saw them as the enemy. Mm -hmm. 
I felt condemned to live a life of lonely celibacy while other boys were allowed to experience the pleasures of sex, all because girls didn't want me. I felt inferior and undesirable. This time, however, I couldn't just stand by and accept such an injustice anymore. I refused to continue hiding away from the world and forgetting about all the insults it dealt me. I began to have fantasies of becoming very powerful and stopping everyone from having sex. I wanted to take their sex away from them, just like they took it away from me. I saw sex as an evil and barbaric act, all because I was unable to have it. This was a major turning point. My anger made me stronger inside. This was when I formed my ideas that sex should be outlawed. It is the only way to make the world fair. Okay. Is the only way to make the world a fair and just place. If wow. I can't have it, I will destroy it. Wow. That is the conclusion I came to right then and there. Wow. Yeah. He's just getting more and more yeah. just obsessed. And like, I, like, is that really what you sit and think about yeah. all day? Yeah. It's crazy. I not really have much other to think about. I mean, play your fucking video games. I'm just like, the, I, the more the story goes on and the more you hear about it, you're just like, okay. Calm down. Yeah. Just fucking, What's the hang up? Right. Like you were that fucking caught up mm. in that, like that, 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 if you had sex, everything would be fine. I think that even if he did get a, like something would still be wrong if you got a girlfriend, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Like oh, it would sure. just, if it wasn't that, it'd be something else. For sure. So he was done with high school. He started taking a computer class at a local college called Pierce. He continued to have a hard time socializing, and he became more and more miserable, so he dropped his class. He decided to go to a different college, Moore Park, because he felt it was a better option for him. It was smaller, the campus was nicer, and the girls there were prettier. The breaking point was when I saw good-looking couples walking along the area where I dreamed of walking with a girlfriend. To watch another boy experience it with a beautiful girl who should be mine was a living hell. I constantly asked myself what I did wrong in life to be unable to have a beautiful girlfriend. It was no better inside the classroom. There was this one obnoxious jock with a buzz cut who was taking the class with his gorgeous girlfriend. They always sat next to each other, talking and touching each other with affection. Every day I had to see this and my envy grew and grew. I constantly glared at them with raw hatred. What did I do wrong that he did right? Why does he deserve the love of a beautiful girl and not me? Why do girls hate me so? Questions and questions. All I could do was question why I was suffering so much injustice. In Can life. you imagine sitting in class and looking over and this little fucking dweeb just like glaring at you and you're heavy breathing? Like, kind of reminds me of like that scene in like Twilight where he's just like staring at her. Yeah, that's what I see. I don't like Twilight, yeah. but like I'm saying, like that's what I think of. Yeah, like. But as I'm also sitting here thinking, like the more and more he goes on, maybe like the situation with his parents affected him more deeply than he like realizes. Like, oh, his dad suddenly got a girlfriend. Real got quick. a girlfriend, and it is more infatuated. And so in his mind, he's like, oh, my dad's more infatuated in sex than he is with the relationship with my mom. I don't know. He said that a lot of times he'd cry on the way home because he was envious of all the couples walking around. Can you imagine seeing like a fucking 19-year-old walking down the road just like crying? Sobbing. Uh, He dropped a sociology class on the first day because there was an extremely hot blonde girl who took the class with her brute of a boyfriend. He couldn't stand looking at them sitting together, so he caught up and left in the middle of class. So he's literally paying hundreds of dollars. Well, his parents are paying hundreds of dollars for classes, and he's dropping them because there's a pretty girl that has a boyfriend in the class. I cannot imagine having to live like that. Like, he lets it affect his life Mm -hmm. that That much. Yeah. 
Wow. There's more to, there's more going on here. I don't know. He continued to let his warped beliefs influence his life. He even stopped playing WoW. Oh. I noticed that more and more normal people who had active and pleasurable social lives were starting to play the game. WoW no longer became a sanctuary where I could hide from the evils of the world because all the evils of the world had now followed me there. I saw people bragging online about their sexual experiences with girls, and they used the term virgin as an insult to people who were more immersed in the game than them. Uh, the insult stung because it was true. Us virgins did tend to get more immersed in such things because our real lives were lacking. I couldn't stand to play WoW knowing that my enemies, the people that I hate and envy so much for having sexual lives, were now playing the same game as me. There was no point anymore. The world is brutal, and I need to fight for my place in it. My life was at a crucial turning point, and I couldn't waste any more precious time. At one point, he decided that he wanted to go to college in Santa Barbara. How'd he pick Santa Barbara? Because he watched the movie Alpha Dog. Have you ever seen it? Is that the one with Justin Timberlake? Yeah, and Anton Yelkin or whatever. Yeah. I never watched it. I rented it. I rented it. Um, Blockbuster. Mm, um, numerous. I just remember JT was in it. Not the Superior NSYNC member. Not to be confused with JC Chavez. Mm, okay. But Morgan, you don't know. She can't even name. She can't even name the NSYNC members, guys. Definitely not. All right. I'm going to say a name and tell me if you know it. You know Justin Timberlake. Yes, I do. Do you know Lance Bass? Nope. Oof. Joey Fatone? No. We're just going to stop Chris there. Chris Kirkpatrick? Yes, I've heard of him. How? How do you know Chris Kirkpatrick? What? But you heard don't know the name. I just heard the name. Okay. Yeah, well, anyway, so he uh, wanted to move there because of the movie Alpha Dog. He started researching the area and found out about Isla Vista. Mm-hmm. It was a small town adjacent to UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara, where all of the college students live and have parties. That was the exact life he wanted, and he pitched the idea to his parents, and they agreed it might be good for him. Because he looks like the type of guy. Yeah, and he's going to fit in. He's just right. going to magically fit in. He didn't in. fit in anywhere else, but he'll fit in there. Elliot and his parents went to look for an apartment there one weekend, and Elliot was highly impressed with Isla Vista. He said it was too good to be true, and there was hot blonde girls walking around everywhere. He always thought one thing that hindered him in his quest to improve his love life was living with his mom. Yeah, that was it. That was your that was your hang up. <laughs> he thought that if he lived if he lived in his own uh, Isla Vista apartment, there was no way. He would have trouble getting a social life and losing his virginity. He thought, if I can't get laid there, then there is no help for me at all. Your first mistake is calling it getting laid. Right. Okay. Jesus, kid. Elliot moved there in June of uh, 2011. He said the first night was traumatic. Again, one of his favorite words. Mm -hmm. And kind of put a bad taste in his mouth because he was trying to sleep. And he could hear a couple having sex in the apartment above him. Like, that's like the world being like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) I love it. What a slap in the face. (laughs) Just knowing that other young men get to enjoy the pleasures of sex while I get none of it has always filled me with envious rage as well as bitter hatred towards the world. But to actually hear them doing it, that was even more traumatizing. It's traumatizing in different ways. Right. I mean, like, it's it's just kind of like... It's traumatizing uh, because you don't want to hear it. It's not traumatizing because it's not you. (laughs) I was prepared for this, however. I had done a lot of research about the college life in this town, and I knew that students had a lot of sex Like, is that what he researched? What college town has the most sex? All college towns. I think Tallahassee. Tallahassee. (laughs) Go nose, baby. Go nose. I had an inkling of uh, suspicion that I would eventually hear or even see people doing such things if I lived in that environment. 
Hell. Um, unless you're looking in their windows. <laughs> I Yo, highly I've doubt. Do- I had a friend. This is a true story. Oh, my God. Morgan's going to enjoy this. Oh, gosh. I had a... Um, gosh. Go- oh, golly. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, I had one of my really good friends lived in an apartment. She's like, you know, she was at the bottom floor. And there was a youth pastor. No. You know the type. You know. You know the type. You know the type. There was a youth pastor that lived above her. And he, like, you know, was very, like, you know, yeah. come do this, come do that. Nothing wrong with it, right? Well, then we started noticing. Was he hot? I mean, he wasn't bad looking. Yeah. But he was, like, you know, church. I mean, like, he he just had, he fit. the. Would he fit, you do no, him? No, okay. no, no. I wouldn't. But we noticed that, like, he was bringing girls. Yeah. Like, and they were all different girls. And we're like, okay, well, he's mentoring them. I, every time I was there, I would notice, like, one particular girl. He didn't get you, did he? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Can't be gotten. Yeah. So, uh, he, I always saw him with this one girl. Well, I had gone over there one night, and she goes, oh, guess what? I go, I go what? She goes, there's multiple girls. Fucking him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we would notice, like, if I went over there for, like, a movie night, dinner, whatever, he was loud as fuck. I mean, like, so loud. Like, it sounded like furniture moving and, like, whatever. So, we're like, dude, why are you doing this at, like, 10, 11 o'clock at night? I go, this dude is laying the Holy Spirit because <laughs> we're like, okay, this youth pastor is putting it down. Well, one day, we had come back from dinner, and we pulled in the parking lot, and his windows are, like, facing the main road and facing the parking lot. His windows and his curtains were open. How old is this guy? Oh, early mid 20s and him oh. and this girl were full-fledged doing it they were legal age okay yeah we're not talking about anything creepy they're okay. all they're in their 20s consenting uh, adults okay that's less interesting but and yeah. they're like but i'm just saying like yeah. they were in your face doing it in front of this window they were facing the window or facing away he was facing the window she was facing away from the window so. <laughs> and it was like oh my god oh my god but you like could, it was there. You could not see it, but mm-hmm. it was the thing. I just think it's hilarious that he's like, "Oh, it's just the vile." And I'm like, even even the even the innocent ones are getting down what they get down. <laughs> but preacher man is a player. Amen. Um, yeah. So anyway, the reason I moved there was because it was sexually active place. I myself wanted to be sexually active, but when I heard that couple above me having sex, I couldn't help feeling vile and miserable about it. I tried to calm myself down and convince myself that soon I will be doing the exact same thing. How wrong I was. He also had two roommates, and when he met them, he was really annoyed because one of them was a tall, blonde, attractive surfer boy type. Oh, gosh. And Elliot thought they were nice, but he got annoyed because they kept inviting this friend over named Chance. I say this because we've said that Elliot's... He's racist. Elliot is racist. Chance was African-American. Mm. Okay. And he claims that Chance was always bragging about his success with girls, and Elliot couldn't stand it. So one day, Elliot asked his roommates if they were virgins, and they looked at him really weird and said that they had lost their virginity a long time ago. And Chance said that he lost his virginity when he was 13. And not only that, but it was to a blonde white girl. Mm. And Elliot was pissed. He said he was so pissed that he almost splashed Chance with his orange juice. And I bet Chance would have beat the fuck out Mm, of him. For sure. But instead, he told Chance that he didn't believe him. And then he went in his room and he cried. And then in his manifesto, he goes on to write a lot of like very, very racist things about how he couldn't believe that basically a black guy got a white girl and he couldn't get any girls. 
So those two roommates moved out within a week. I would have too. Yeah, two new guys replaced him. And he liked them because they actually interacted with him quite a bit. He was excited for his first day of class. He felt like this was a fresh start to attain the life that he'd been craving for so long. But he also thought, if I'm unable to make make it in this environment, then I'm doomed forever. Mm-hmm. So he went to his 8 a.m. class, and there's a bunch of pretty girls outside. And he thought, hell yeah. They didn't pay any attention to him. Mm-hmm. All of the students started pouring in. A group of typical popular type boys sat next to me. Their overly social and obnoxious personalities offended me, and I felt like getting up and leaving. They somehow knew all of the pretty girls in class, and it broke my heart to watch them chat up girls. How could I compete with those popular kids? I hated them so much. I wanted to be like them all my life, ever since elementary school, but they never accepted me. They have caused my life to be a living hell for so long. Right then, on the very first day at SBCC, I was going through the exact same thing that I'd gone through at every other school I'd been to, the feeling of being a lonely, unwanted outcast. And again, that's a sad sentence, yeah. but not in relation to Elliot. Mm-mm. After a couple of days, Elliot decided to drop his history class. Of course. <laughs> he said he couldn't stand watching those obnoxious popular boys talk to all the pretty girls in his class. He couldn't believe that the girls actually liked them. He felt that he should be the one they should pay attention to. Here's where it gets to where you're like, fuck this dude. Females truly have something mentally wrong with them. Their minds are flawed, and at this point in my life, I was beginning to see it. The more I explored my college town, the more ridiculousness I witnessed. All of the hot, beautiful girls walked around with obnoxious, tough, jock-type men who partied all the time and acted crazy. They should be going for intelligent gentlemen such as myself. Women are sexually attracted to the wrong type of man. This is a major flaw in the very foundation of humanity. It is completely and utterly wrong in every sense of the word. As these truths fully dawned on me, I became deeply disturbed by them. Deeply disturbed. Offended. And traumatized. Bruh, you ever think that maybe your type of woman just... <laughs> right? Like, you, there's gotta you, be you gotta some be nerdy little girl. That I'm not getting just... Chris Hemsworth. I don't like Chris Hemsworth. But you get what I'm saying. Like... No, we're not. I'm not getting a Tom Hardy. Right? John Krasinski him. doesn't like me better than no. what the Emily fuck Blunt. her name is. I like Emily Bond. I fuck her. <laughs> um, okay, so Morgan, who's your, like... Oh, yeah. Who's your... If you think of, like, the hottest celebrity in the world, who is it to you? Um, I like John Krasinski, however you say his last name. John Krasinski? Yeah. Also known as Jim Well, that's mine, so pick another. Actually, he's Jim. He's not... My man's... I'm an Andy Samberg girl. We all know. (laughs) Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. But even, like... (laughs) But even, like, Jim from The Office, he's not, like, conventionally beautiful man. No, he's not. But his personality is what he's makes him. Well, that's, yeah. well, that's like the other day. Sure. Well, it wasn't the other day. But the one day we were at work showing a guy co-worker some guys we thought were hot. And it was a soccer player because um, it was during the World Cup. And he was like, what? And I was mm. like, yeah, he's hot. The guy And our co-worker was like, he looks like a normal guy. Mm. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, no, he does. He, yeah. Mm. Like, not everybody wants a chiseled Cristiano Ronaldo. Morgan, you're making that face. Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe not so much. Yeah, he's an ass. Yeah. I mean, soccer player. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So, uh, Elliot says that he spent a lot of time that first month trying as hard as he could to put himself out there. Really, this is just consisted of his older roommate buying alcohol for him and going on walks around the town. He said he often ended up sitting alone at some cafe, hoping girls would talk to him before he sobered up. So yeah, his idea of putting himself out there is just basically like sitting there and wanting girls to come up to him. And this is where he starts getting bold. One day, Elliot went to Starbucks for his daily latte because he's a basic bitch. 
<laughs> Morgan, you can relate, right? Okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> and saw a young couple waiting in line. He claims that they were engaging in some serious PDA. He said the boy was a tall punk with baggy pants and the girl was a hot blonde. What's he, got, what's he got against brunettes, okay? Oh, I don't know. We're hot, too. Redheads are probably the hottest. But, I think, yeah. But this enraged Elliot. As the couple walked out of the store, he followed him. And when they were outside, he threw his coffee on them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm. The boy yelled at me. messed up in the the boy yelled at me, and I quickly ran away in fear. <laughs> I was pan- was panicking as I got into my car and drove off, shaking with rage-fueled excitement. I drove all the way to the Vons at Fairview Plaza and spent three hours in my car trying to contain my tumultuous emotions. I had never struck back at my enemies before. <laughs> struck back at his enemies. And I felt a small sense of spiteful gratification for doing so. I hated them so much. Even though I splashed them with my coffee... He was still the winner. He was going home to have passionate, heavenly sex with his beautiful girlfriend, and I was going home to be lonely, to sleep alone in my lonely bed. And you're exactly right. You're still the fucking loser. I had never felt so miserable and mistreated in my life. I cursed the world for condemning me to such suffering. I wanted to do horrible things to that couple. I wanted to inflict pain on all the young couples. It was around that point in my life that I realized I was capable of doing such things, and I would happily do such things. I was capable of killing them, and I wanted to. I wanted to kill them slowly, to strip the skins off their flesh. They deserved it. Morgan's mouth hanging open. (laughs) The males deserved it for taking the females away from me. And the females deserved it for choosing those males instead of me. This guy's weird, bizarre. He's golly. Golly. I don't even know. Like, so Elliot, I can't imagine. Evan. Yeah, what would you do if you found I, out a boy had written a manifesto about you? I'd probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> I Elliot says that he spent the next five days in his room trying to forget about the horrific experience he had to go through. But even in his room, he says he couldn't escape being reminded of his worthlessness. Every time he looked out the window to the courtyard, he saw young people socializing. Obnoxious drunk boys were chatting up pretty girls, and he said he wondered with great panic if they would be having sex together later in the night. You're literally looking at people and being like, oh, my God, are they going to have sex tonight? And I'm not going to. It's not like he's, like, upset about one person. It's every. It's everyone. It would be different if it was like, I like this girl. I'm in love with this girl. And I hate her boyfriend because yeah. he gets to have sex with her every night. Yeah. No, it's everybody. That's a whole. Yeah, everybody. He said he often fantasized about barging into their rooms while they had sex and slashing them to death with his knife. So Elliot was going to turn 20 very soon, and he wanted to lose his virginity before his time as a teenager was over. Being a virgin at the age of 20 would make me feel very defeated. I made a bid to do everything I could to lose my virginity in those few remaining days that I had. So to make this happen, Elliot tried harder to put himself out there. He would walk to the center of Isla Vista every day and sit at a table outside of Domino's. Because because nothing says hot chicks like like Domino's. Right. And uh, You want a piece of this? You want a piece of this? Uh, just to hope that a girl would come up and talk to him. See, again. Come up to him. Yeah. For dinner, he would walk over to this uh, healthy restaurant called Silver Greens because hot girls were always there. Because hot blonde girls love salads. At school, he spent a lot of his time sitting in the cafeteria, but none of the hot girls would ever come to talk to him, and he couldn't understand why. One time, as I was walking across the huge bridge that connected the two campuses, I passed by a girl I thought was pretty, and I said hi. Oh. <gasps> 
as we neared each other. She kept on walking and didn't even have the grace to respond to me. How dare she? That foul bitch. I felt so humiliated that I went to one of the school bathrooms, locked myself in a toilet stall, and cried for an hour. And I wonder sometimes, too, is he just being dramatic because he wants people to feel bad for him? Or did he really go into a fucking bathroom and cry for an hour I think at the age of 19? Because I think of I have done it. I feel like he might have done that. Like, I, I really hope he was just saying these things to get people to be like, oh, my God. I think he did it. He cries a lot. He yeah, should he be does. fucking dehydrated as much <laughs> as he cries. One day while he was sitting outside of Domino's, he saw that he, he saw what he says was a sight that shattered his heart to pieces. A tall, blonde, jock-top guy was walking with one of the sexiest girls he had ever seen. She was tall and blonde, and they kissed each other passionately. He was enraged. He said the sight was burned into his memory, and it caused a scar that would haunt him forever. So when they walked off, he jumped into his car and followed them for a few minutes as they walked down the sidewalk. Then when they got to a less populated area, he opened his window and splashed his iced tea all over them. Splashing drinks all over these people. Right. Yeah. Elliot's 20th birthday came, and he was still a virgin. His parents visited and took him out to dinner. My parents didn't show any concern for how miserable I felt about being a 20-year-old virgin. Because I'm sure that's what they're thinking about. They're thinking about, about, right. (laughs) They treated it as if it was any normal birthday. They didn't seem to understand the gravity of the situation, which annoyed me. Do you think he was like, guys, you don't get it. I'm still a virgin. I haven't had any pussy. (laughs) I'm pissed off. (laughs) A new semester of school started, and he got new roommates. He was really disappointed because they were Hispanic. Oh. And they were already friends, so he knew that they would just exclude him. Of course. They also seemed like rowdy, low-class types, which he didn't like. Mm. They would he invite, didn't like anyone at this point. Right. He, they would invite their other friends over, and Elliot didn't like them either. Mm, of course not. One day, they asked Elliot if he was a virgin, and... Elliot admitted that he was, and his roommates started to talk about how they'd lost their virginity a long time ago, and Elliot got pissed. He got so mad that he went in his room and punched a wall, and then his roommates heard that, and they just started laughing. (laughs) He did get to move to a different apartment where he would only have one roommate. This roommate turned out to be a guy named Spencer. (laughs) Elliot said he was friendly and didn't expect to have any problems with him, but it didn't feel like he'd be able to relate to him. Then Elliot learned that Spencer used to have a girlfriend, and he was shocked. I didn't understand how a chubby and unattractive guy like Spencer would have been... How could a guy named Spencer be chubby and unattractive? I don't know. Anyway. uh, Would be able to have a girlfriend. Well, I've never had the chance to. The guy was three inches shorter than me, and even I am considered short for my age. I could not fathom how such a thing was possible, and I concluded to myself that his former girlfriend of his that he mentioned must have just been as unattractive as he was. There was no need for me to be jealous. Ah, well, she's ugly anyway. (laughs) I don't care. Loser. Classes that year didn't go well either. Surprise. (laughs) Um, He said they left him feeling hopeless and depressed because he was unable to meet any girls. And on top of that, he hadn't made any friends either. He said that every day he spent at college made him feel more inferior and invisible. My usual day went as follows. I woke up alone in bed with no girl beside me and did a few minutes of exercise before I showered and got ready for college. Then I drove to Starbucks to have my morning latte and felt envious whenever I saw a young couple there. I would then attend my two classes where no one said a word to me, having to endure the torment of watching other guys talking to girls I liked. And then I would go home alone, open the door to my lonely room, and feel absolutely miserable. The loneliness was suffocating. I could barely breathe. If only one pretty girl had at least given me a chance and tried to get to know me, everything would have turned out differently. Mm -hmm. But girls continued to treat me with disdain. It makes you wonder if one girl had, would things have been different? 
At least no. in the at least because in the what way, if it was a brunette he yeah. didn't find attractive? There would have been something wrong with her right. that he didn't like. He became more and more obsessed with his appearance. He started wearing a lot of name brand clothing, like like expensive stuff, like Hugo Boss and Gucci, thinking that it would make girls like him more. But he also said that the flashy new clothes made him feel like a new person, and it boosted his confidence. Mm-hmm. Another semester started out, and Elliot felt like this was the last chance to change his life. On the morning of his first day, he put on his Armani Exchange shirt and his new Gucci sunglasses. He admired himself in the mirror and thought to himself, there is no way he could possibly have trouble getting girls now. To utter dismay, after going to class, he didn't see one of them turn their heads to look at him. No girl noticed him at all. After all that effort, he felt like he was still being treated as if he were invisible. But you know what they say, you can't put lipstick on a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, as I made my way back from school one day during the first week, I was stopped at a stoplight in Isla Vista when I saw two hot blonde girls waiting at the bus stop. I was dressed in one of my nice shirts, so I looked at them and smiled. They looked at me, but they didn't even deem to smile back. They just looked away as if I was a fool. You are a fool. As I drove away, I became very infuriated. It was such an insult. This was the way all girls treated me, and I was sick and tired of it. In a rage, I made a U-turn, pulled up to their bus stop, and splashed my Starbucks latte all over them. What would you do if a girl did that? I mean, a guy did that to you. Come for his life. What would she do, Morgan? I'd probably just stand there. That would make... <laughs> but I'd be pissed. Off. That would make her cuss. Oh, <laughs> it would. <You> asshole. <laughs> that would make Morgan just cuss. Oh, gosh. Oh, I would cuss a lot. I'd throw hands. I felt a feeling of spiteful satisfaction as I saw how it stained their jeans. Then I quickly speeded away before they could catch my license plate number. How dare those girls snub me in such a fashion? How dare they insult me? I raged to myself repeatedly. They deserved the punishment I gave them. It was such a pity that my latte wasn't hot enough to burn them. Those girls deserved to be dumped in boiling water for the crime of not giving me the attention and adoration I so rightfully deserve. This incident soured my first week of college, but for the sake of all my hopes and dreams, I tried to forget about it. Well, he dropped his math class after he found out through Facebook stalking a We've classmate. We've all done it. We've all done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A classmate he liked already had a boyfriend. Shortly after dropping that class, he decided to drop all of his other classes out of rage. There was no point to it anymore. No matter how hard he tried, girls were not attracted to him. When I dropped my college classes, I crossed a threshold that I knew. Uh, that I knew existed, but never actually believed I would cross. It completely ended all hope I had of living a desirable life in Santa Barbara. I realized that I could be a virgin forever, condemned to suffer rejection and humiliation at the hands of women because they don't fancy me, because their sexual attractions are flawed. They are attracted to the wrong type of male. I always mused myself that I would rather die than suffer an existence. I knew that if it came to that, I would exact my revenge upon the world in the most catastrophic way possible. At least then, I would die knowing that I fought back against the injustice that has been dealt to me. Elliot admits that he had uh, often had fantasies of how satisfying it would be to punish all the popular kids and young couples for the crime of having a better life than him. But it was only when he first moved to Santa Barbara that he started considering the possibility of having to carry out a violent act of revenge. It would be the final solution to dealing with all the injustices he had to face at the hands of women and society. I came up with a name for this after I saw all the good-looking young couples walking around my college and in the town of Isla Vista. I named it the Day of Retribution. It would be the day in which I exact my ultimate retribution and revenge. I will destroy all women because I can never have them. I will make them all suffer for rejecting me. I will arm myself with deadly weapons and wage a war against all women and the men they are attracted to. And I will slaughter them like the animals they are. 
If they won't accept me among them, then they are my enemies. They showed me no mercy, and in turn I will show them no mercy. The prospect will be so sweet, and justice will ultimately be served. And of course, I would have to die in the act to avoid going to prison. Because this bitch knows that his ass would not last in Mm. prison. No. Literally and figuratively. Done. Done. Um, He didn't tell his parents that he stopped going to school. When he would visit home, he'd talk about his classes to keep up the pretense that he was attending college. One weekend in March, he went home for a rather eventful visit. So this just shows he's still very privileged. On Sunday, his mom and his sister went to a private Katy Perry concert. Oh, my gosh. And on Monday, he went to the red carpet premiere of a movie that his dad had been working on. Mm. The movie was The Hunger Games. (gasps) I know what that is. Would you go with him? (laughs) Would you, yeah, if he asked not you? Knowing, not knowing what not he knowing, is. Yeah, then I would, but. So that's what I'm saying. Like, really, he couldn't go up to one girl and be like, hey, you want to go to a movie from here? You want to go to The Hunger Games? Do you want to go see here? a Hemsworth yeah. brother? In real life? Mm. These events managed to personally offend, personally offend him. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, I was eager to go to the concert because I loved attending exclusive events. It made me feel special. Mm. For most of the time spent at the concert, I just walked around and ate food at the buffet tables. Same. That's what I'd be doing. That sounds like a good time. While everyone waited for Katy Perry to perform, again, Katy Perry or a buffet, I'm heading to the buffet. (laughs) There was upbeat music playing the entire time and a lot of wealthy families with their kids attended. Every family there must have had a net worth of at least $20 to be able to hire private jets. I tried to pretend as if I was part of a wealthy family. You are. Yes, you are. Like, maybe not that wealthy, but clearly, you're not fucking poor. I should be. That was the life I was meant to live. I would be. If only my damnable mother had married into wealth instead of being selfish. I say the same thing about my mom sometimes. (laughs) Oh, jeez. My God. Like, no. But I couldn't help but feel a bitter form of envy at all the rich kids at the concert. They grew up in lavish mansions, indulged in excessive opulence, and will never have to worry about anything in their pleasurable, hedonistic lives. I would take great pleasure in watching all of those rich families burn alive. Oh, my God. Looking at all of them really drilled, in my mind, the importance of wealth. I hated and envied all of those kids for being born into wealth. Whatever happened to, I'm only five years old, and I've been to seven different <laughs> yeah, countries. the confidence. The red carpet premiere of The Hunger Games was an event even more exclusive. Mm. The reason we got to go was because my father was friends with the director, Gary Ross, and he even contributed to the film as a second unit director. I didn't own any suits, but I wore my extravagant Hugo Boss shirt, which I thought looked elegant enough to walk on the black carpet. As we were lining up for our walk on the black carpet, some dumb bitch of a security guard had the audacity to question, who the hell are these people? This made me so enraged, I almost said, we are the people who are more important than you, you ugly C-U-N-T. We then proceeded to walk across the long black carpet as cameras flashed at us from either side in a crowd of pathetic fans who reminded me of sheep cheered from the other side. I felt extremely gratified at walking the black carpet. There were some actors and celebrities on the carpet with us, and the paparazzi yelled at me a few times to get out of the way <laughs> as they were taking pictures of some C-U-N-T actress. I discreetly gave these paparazzi pigs my middle finger. Elliot Roger will not move aside for some stupid, good-for-nothing, over-glorified actress, whoever the fuck she was. I didn't see. Sorry I don't want to take pictures of you. You're standing in front of, what's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, my gosh. Uh, while roaming around the after party, I bore witness to many successful young men who pranced 
in with their hot model girlfriends. Some of them were even actors my own age, stars of the movie. I had particular burning hatred for the actor Alexander Ludwig. Oh, yeah. I, I bet to, he did. Because he's blonde. Oh. Who I Bjorn saw sitting Ironside. arrogantly on a couch as people crowded around him in adoration. I hated everything about him. His <laughs> golden blonde hair, his tall muscular frame, his cocky masculine face. That's funny because that's everything all the girls like about him. But whatever. That boy could get any girl he wanted. His life was completely opposite from my own. If only I could get a taste of how he lived for just a day. If only a girl at my college had been attracted to me, I would have gladly brought her to the premiere as my date. If only you wouldn't have been a weirdo and would have actually asked one. Uh, or talked. When he returned to Santa Barbara, Elliot said he sank into one of the worst depressions of his life. When it was spring break, all other young boys his age were going off to vacation with their attractive friends, but he was feeling miserable and alone in his room. His deep depression lasted into the summer. He felt that his life stayed stagnant and miserable. His hatred towards everyone, especially women, for depriving him of a happy life only grew stronger. So I will interject here and say that I don't mention this and these people throughout because it was like back and forth, back and forth. He did see therapists and he had been seeing them since he was eight. And then while he was a college student, their lawyer claimed that he was receiving psychiatric treatment, but he was never diagnosed with a mental illness. And after he turned 18, he started rejecting the mental health care that his family provided and he became more isolated. So he did have, you know, therapists and his family did try to help him on one of the days in july when i was roaming around gersh park a group of popular college kids arrived to play kickball on the fields they all looked like typical fraternity jocks tall and muscular the kind of guys i've hated and envied all my life with them came a flock of beautiful blonde girls and they looked like they were having so much fun playing together one of the girls did a handstand in the grass and her sexy bare stomach showed as her shirt hung down all the girls were uh, scantily clad. Rage boiled inside me as I watched those people who thought they were better than me enjoying their pleasurable little lives together. The rage was so intense that I couldn't take it. I was insulted too much. I couldn't leave them without getting some form of revenge. So I drove to the nearby Kmart, bought a super soaker, filled it with orange juice that I bought at the same store, and drove back to the park. They were still there having the time of their lives, and I wanted to ruin it for them. I wanted to ruin their fun just like they ruined mine, as they would never accept me among them. I screamed at them with rage as I sprayed them with my super soaker. When the boys started to yell and chase after me, I quickly got into my car and drove away. I was giddy with a static, hate-filled excitement. I wish I could spray boiling oil at the, at the foul beasts. They deserve to die horrible, painful deaths just for the crime of enjoying a better life than me. In September, he transferred to a new apartment. His new roommates were a funny-looking, curly-haired boy named Chris and an Asian-American named John. He was all right with them. They were quiet. They were respectful and very friendly. And best of all, they never invited friends over. He doubted that they even had any friends. Mm -hmm. All they ever did was stay in the room and play video games all day. But still, I, he thought he was so much better than them. He had no desire to be friends with them because they had absolutely nothing to offer him. But he knew he would have no problems with them, and that's the best he could hope for. He didn't bother registering for any classes that semester, but he told his parents that he did because he knew that if they found out he wasn't, they would stop supporting him. My situation was indeed horrible. I couldn't leave the house without seeing a young couple walking around somewhere. Everywhere I went, I was all by myself. While other young people had friends and girlfriends, I was ashamed to show myself to the world. Even though I wore expensive designer clothes, what was the point out of it if girls still weren't attracted to me? No one respects a man who is unable to get a woman. A man wearing shorts and a t-shirt would be seen as superior to me if he walks into a store with a beautiful girl on his arm and I walk in alone. A man having a beautiful girl by his side shows the world that he is worth something. 
The feeling that he would have to carry out the day of retribution was getting stronger and stronger. As the phrase that I had coined goes, if I cannot join them, I will rise above them, and if I cannot rise above them, I will destroy them. I've been trying to join and be accepted among the beautiful popular people all my life, but it was no avail. They have always treated me like scum. Girls have always deemed me unworthy of their love and sex. At this point, the prospect of overthrowing them seemed hopeless. The final solution to triumph over my enemies was to destroy them, to carry out my day of retribution to exact my ultimate and devastating vengeance against all of the popular young people who never accepted me and against all of the women for rejecting me and starving me of love and sex. In December 2012, Elliot began to plan out the day of retribution, but he wasn't sure when he'd carry it out. The first thing he had to do was get a gun. He'd already done some research on handguns and was able to get one rather quickly. After I picked up the handgun, I brought it back to my room and felt a new sense of power. I was now armed. Who's the alpha male now, bitches? I thought to myself regarding all of the girls who've looked down on me in the past. Can't you just see him um, look like posing with a gun? Yeah, 100% in the mirror. In the mirror. Sure, sure. You probably still look scrawny. Following January, Elliot signed up for online classes for the spring semester, but only to placate his parents. He didn't see the point in even bothering with college anymore. Having to walk through the campus with all those beautiful girls strutting around in their revealing shorts, showing off their sexy legs was torture, because he knew that they would all reject him. They were so many beautiful girls in Santa Barbara, but not one of them ever wanted to be his girlfriend. Elliot felt that life would have been so perfect there if only girls were attracted to him. During the spring of 2013, he began to seriously think about planning the day of retribution. He bought another handgun and began to save all the money that his parents and grandmothers were sending him. When he was in Santa Barbara, he spent almost all of the time in his room alone, obviously. He just goes on to talk about women being flawed. Just the same old stuff. I'll never have this. I'll never have that. Why, why, why? Eventually, he came across this website, P-U-A-H or P-U-A-Hate.com. I don't know what it stands for, but it sounds like it was an incel website. And it was full of men who had their own theories of what women were attracted to, and many of them shared the same hatred he had. Reading the post just confirmed what Elliot had thought, but the website was also depressing because to him it just showed that how bleak and cruel the world was due to the evilness of women. That summer was just as bad as the spring. Hot young girls were going out in their shorts and bikinis, but they would never give him a chance to be their boyfriend. I have nothing left to live for but revenge. Women must be punished for their crimes of rejecting such a magnificent gentleman as oh my myself. Gosh. All of those popular boys must be punished for enjoying heavenly lives and having sex with all the girls while I had to suffer alone in lonely virginity. It was already June, and I'd been living in Santa Barbara for two years. Two whole years, I lived in a college town full of young, attractive students who partied and had sex all the time. Like, does he think he's the only virgin in the world? Mm, clearly. Yeah. yeah, he does. And I didn't get to experience any of it. No one invited me to parties, and in all the times I went out by myself, none of the beautiful blonde girls showed any interest in having sex with me. Not one girl. These are crimes that cannot go unpunished. The more I thought about all these injustices that were dealt to me, the more eager I became to get revenge. It's all I had left. I didn't want to die, but I knew that I had to kill myself after I exacted my revenge to avoid getting captured and imprisoned. For a while, Elliot tried to decide whether he would uh, exact his retribution in Isla Vista or in Santa Barbara College. In both places, he felt he had suffered greatly at the hands of everyone there. He had seen uh, attractive young couples walking around in both places. Those were his targets. He wanted to kill as many attractive young couples as he possibly could. After uh, a lot of thinking, he came to the conclusion that the day of retribution would take place in Isla Vista. On weekend nights, the streets of Isla Vista were always flooded with young couples and good-looking popular kids walking to their parties. So he goes back and forth on days like 
like first he thinks Halloween, but then I guess he saw videos of past Halloweens and there were too many cops around. And then he set it to sometime in November because he would have five months to plan. And he said five more months of life. But then again, I wouldn't even call it a life. He would go on walks around Isla Vista during the day and he'd see the attractive people walking around. And he noticed that some of the guys weren't even good looking and he was good looking. So we couldn't understand why they were accepted and he wasn't. I furiously questioned why I haven't been able to have such experiences after living in Isla Vista for two years. It was unfathomable. I wanted answers. I wanted to know why it had come to this. If one pretty girl had showed some form of attraction to me, the day of retribution would never happen. I'd never even consider it. The day of retribution is mainly my war against women for rejecting me and depriving me of sex and love. If only one girl had given me a chance, tried to get to know me, let me take her on on a date, none of this would have to happen. It was a hard concept to accept that things would have to resort to me having to perform this act of retribution that I was planning. In July, Elliot spent a lot of time exercising in his room in a final effort to appear as attractive as possible to girls. He decided that after two weeks of uh, rigorous exercising, he would try his hardest to go out in Isla Vista and do everything he could to meet a girl and lose his virginity. He had nothing to lose, and his whole life was on the line. Before he would set the definite decision to plan the day of retribution, he wanted to give women and humanity one more chance to accept him and give him a chance to have a pleasure. That was so nice of him. Yeah. The last-ditch effort of desperation to try to live an enjoyable life came to a devastating culmination on Saturday night, July the 9th. It was that day that I decided to go out in Isla Vista in an attempt to lose my virginity before I turned 22. That was the only thing that could have only saved me. Life. Huh? It's his only goal in life. Right? That was the only thing that could have saved me. I was giving the female gender one last chance to provide me with the pleasures <sighs> I deserved from them. Mm. So... He was too nervous to go out there, so he bought some vodka, took some shots, but then he took too many and got drunk. But being drunk kind of helped. He was socializing. He walked into this house party, mm, like wow. just walked in and helped himself to the beer and tried to act like a normal party goer. There was hundreds of people there, and everybody was socializing with friends except for him. He got frustrated because no one was paying attention to him, particularly the girls. And he saw some girls talking to guys who looked like obnoxious slobs, but none of them showed any interest in him. And he got really angry when he saw an Asian dude talking to a white girl. He said it filled him with rage because he always thought that white girls thought less of him because he was half Asian. But then he saw a white girl at the party talking to a full-blooded Asian. And he had never had that type of attention. And white girls were the only girls that he was attracted to, especially the blondes. Hmm. He walked up to them and, like, shoulder-checked the Asian dude, trying to act cocky and arrogant. And then he almost fell over after he did this. And basically, they didn't even, like, give him... They didn't even look twice at him. And so he just cussed him out and left. So he went outside and went to this... It was like a wooden ledge thing built into a hill, I guess. And it, But it was high up, and he climbed up it and sat down. And then he saw guys walking around with their hot blonde girls, and he, like, would hold his arm out and pretend to shoot them, like, with finger guns. And he was laughing, and eventually some partygoers came up and sat near him, and they were obnoxious dudes. And, of course, there were pretty girls with them. So Elliot got mad because the girls were talking to them and not him. So he stood up, tried to act arrogant and cocky by insulting everyone, and they just laughed at him and started insulting insulting him back. And he started trying to push them off the ledge, and it was 10 feet up in the air. And he was especially trying to push the girls off. So the guys, of course. I wish he would have, honestly. What would you have done? <laughs> what did you do? What would I do? Uh-huh. I don't know. But. Well, you wouldn't have done anything because the dudes pushed him off. So he fell off the 10-foot ledge. What? 
And as he landed, he felt a snap in his ankle. Good. Yep. And he slowly got up and found that he couldn't walk. He started to leave. He walked a few yards down the street and he realized that somebody had stolen his Gucci sunglasses. Oh, God forbid. So he had to go back and get them. So he turned around to go back, but he was so drunk that he didn't remember what house it was. So he walked into this random house and was like, where the fuck are my sunglasses? (laughs) And the dudes at that house laughed at him and started calling him names. He called him names back and they came up and dragged him into their driveway and started beating him up. Good. I'm I'm just shocked that that's the first time in this whole story that he's gotten his ass beat. But they beat him up. He said he got one punch in. I doubt he did i think he's just saying that um but they started kicking him and hitting him and some people actually had to break up the fight oh the worst part of this whole ordeal was not getting beating up oh no it was the fact that no one showed any concern there was only one group who helped me at the end of del playa but after that they abandoned me not one girl offered to help me as i stumbled home with a broken leg poor beaten and bloody If girls had been attracted to me, they would have offered to walk me to my room and take care of me. They would have even offered to sleep with me to make me feel better. Because that's what we fucking do, right? all the time. Yeah. Um, But no, not one girl showed an ounce of concern for me. They didn't care. No one cared about me at all. I was all alone. He broke his leg. So his dad came up, took him to Santa Barbara, took him to the hospital. They had to put a cast on him and a he was in horror when the doctor said that he had to wear it for six weeks and he may have to have surgery. And he said that was the last straw. He had given them one chance and one reason to not hate them, and they blew it back in his face. So he had surgery in August. That was a setback. He'd have to be on crutches, and then it would take a while for him to walk normally again. So there's no way he'd be able to do his day of retribution by November. And so he said, well, he'd do it in the spring. Chris and John, the roommates, had moved out, so he spent more time alone. Two new housemates came in, and they were two Asian dudes, and he said they were the biggest nerds he had ever seen. And he knew that when the day of retribution came, he would have to kill them too Mm, to get them out of the way. One weekend, he went home to his mom's house, and he found out that his sister had a boyfriend and that she had lost her virginity. Mm. And Elliot immediately took an intense disliking to him when they were first introduced because he seemed like the typical obnoxious slob. I eventually grew to hate him after I heard him having sex with my sister. Damn. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, I arrived at the house one day, my mother be- being at work, and heard the sounds of Samuel plunging his penis <laughs> oh, into my sister's yes. vagina through her closed roof door. <laughs> Stop it. Damn. <laughs> I stood there and listened to it all. What a freak. That's your sister. You're going to hell, That's your sister, bruh. I stood there and listened to it. So my sister, who was four years younger than me, managed to lose her virginity before I did. It reminded me of how pathetic I was that at the age of 22, I was still a virgin. I hated her boyfriend as well. My sister said that he's been with other girls before her, and I'm sure he lost his virginity at a much younger age. It is such an injustice. The slob doesn't even have a car, and he is able to get girlfriends while I drive a BMW and get no attention from any girls whatsoever. Yeah, because... The BMW. I don't know. You got a problem with guys with BMWs? No. Okay. So he was still planning his day of retribution, and in the first months of 2014, he tried to make the most out of the days because he knew that those months would be his last. And there was not a single day where he stayed in his room. So he really was trying to live his life before his day of retribution. He was 
going out in his BMW. He was cruising around town. He was going on hikes. He was going to parks. He was sipping on lattes at various cafes. He watched sunsets. He was just living it up. Maybe if he would have did those things before instead of sitting there. He still saw couples out and about, but, you know, it made him even more ready for his day of retribution. But he was still having to work out his plan. He needed to buy more guns, and he needed to buy magazine clips and ammunition and knives. So, on the day before the day of retribution, I will start the first phase of my vengeance, silently killing as many people as I can around Isla Vista by luring them into my apartment through some sort form of trickery. Why do you trickery. write the way that you write? <laughs> why like, you act like that? <laughs> like what? Did you see why people don't want to be around no. you? No. <laughs> what are you, a fucking bard? <laughs> like yes. what? Yes. The first people I'd have to kill were my two housemates, of course, to secure the entire apartment for myself as my personal torture and killing chamber. After that, I'll start luring people into my apartment. Ain't nobody going to get fucking lured into your apartment. Do you want to come in my apartment? You come in here and check out my World of Warcraft? Yeah. You want to see my orc? I'll lure them into my apartment, knock them out with a hammer, and slit their throats. Dude, you fucking ran away from people when you threw your coffees on them, but now you're going to fucking knock them out and slit their throats? Okay. I will torture some of the good-looking people before I kill them, assuming that the good-looking ones have the best sex lives. All of that pleasure they had in life, I'll punish by bringing them pain and suffering, because I've lived a life of pain and suffering, and it was time to bring that pain to the people who actually deserved it. Um, I'll cut them, flay them, strip all the skin off their flesh, and pour boiling water all over them while they are still alive, as well as any other form of torture that I can possibly think of. When they're dead, I will behead them and keep their heads in a bag, for their heads will play a major role in the final phase. Okay. The first phase will represent my vengeance against all the men who have had pleasurable sex lives while I've had to suffer. Things will be fair once I make them suffer as I did. I'll finally even the score. The second phase will take place on the day of retribution itself, before the climactic massacre. The second phase will represent my war on women. I'll punish all the females for the crime of depraving me of sex. They have starved me of sex for my entire youth and gave that pleasure to other men. In doing so, they took many years of my life away. I can't kill every single female on earth, but I can deliver a devastating blow that will shake all of them to the core. I will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender, the hottest sorority of UCSB. After doing a lot of extensive research within the last year, I found that the sorority with the most beautiful girls is Alpha Pi Sorority. I know exactly where their house is, and I've sat outside in my car to stalk them many times. (laughs) At least he's honest. That sorority is full of hot, beautiful blonde girls, the kind of girls I've always desired but have never been able to have because they all look down on me. They're all spoiled, heartless, wicked bitches. They think they are superior to me, and if I ever tried to ask one on a date, they would reject me cruelly. But honestly, you would never know because you you never tried. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah, for sure. But you still never tried. Mm. I'll sneak into their house around 9 p.m. on the day of retribution, just before all the partying starts, and slaughter every single one of them with my guns and knives. And if I have time, I'll set their house on fire. Then we'll see who the superior one really is. Final phase of the day of retribution will be my ultimate showdown in the streets of Isla Vista. On the morning before, I will drive down to my father's house to kill my little brother, denying him of the chance to grow up to surpass me. Along with my stepmother, Samoya, as she will be there in the way. My father will be away on one of his business trips, so thankfully I won't have to deal with him. If he didn't go away on that trip, I might even have to postpone the whole plan because of my fear that I might hesitate if I have to kill him. Once I've taken care of my brother and stepmother, I will switch over to the Mercedes SUV and drive it back to Isla Vista. 
I will use it as one of my killing machines against my enemies. An SUV will cause a lot more damage than my BMW. After I have killed all the sorority girls at the Alpha Pi house, I will quickly get into the SUV before the police arrive, assuming they would arrive within three minutes. I will then make my way to Del Playa, splattering as many of my enemies as I can with the SUV and shooting anyone I don't splatter. I can only imagine how sweet it will be to ram the SUV into all those groups of popular young people who I've always witnessed walking right in the middle of the road as if they are better than everyone else. When they are writhing in pain, their bodies broken and dying after I splatter them, I will fully realize their crimes. So then he says once he reaches a certain street, he's going to dump the bag of severed heads from, you know, the sorority girls. When everybody sees all their friends' heads roll out on the street, everybody will fear what a power, powerful god he is. Then he's just going to start massacring everybody on the street. He'll pull up next to a house party and fire bullets at everybody. And when he sees the first police car come up, he's going to drive away as fast as he can, shooting and ramming anyone in his path. But to end his life, he's going to quickly swallow all the Xanax and Vicodin pills he has. And then he'll shoot himself in the head with his two handguns simultaneously. So... You know, if the gunshots don't kill him, the deadly drug mixture eventually will. I will not suffer being captured and sent to prison. On the week leading up to the day, he uploaded several videos on YouTube to express his views and feelings to the world. He didn't plan uploading the ultimate video until minutes before the attack because that video would talk about exactly why he was doing this. He titled one of the videos he uploaded, Why Do Girls Hate Me So Much? Oh my gosh. He said that May 24th would be the last day that he would have to carry out his plan because after that day, the spring semester would end and everybody would go home. So he had to do it before then. After he uploaded the videos, Elliot heard a knock on his door and he opened the door to see seven police officers. Oh my gosh. He said it was the biggest fear he'd ever felt in his life. I had the striking and devastating fear that someone had somehow discovered what I was planning to do and reported me for it. And they did. They they saw the videos and reported it. The police said it was his mom, but his mom said that it was a health agency. Um, so he's like, he doesn't really know who did it, but they interrogated him outside for a few minutes, asked him if he had suicidal thoughts, and he told them that it was all a misunderstanding. <laughs> it was all a misunderstanding, and they left. No, you just don't get it. Mis- misunderstanding. Yeah. If they had demanded to search my room, that would have ended everything. Oh, my gosh. For a few horrible seconds, I thought it was all over. When they left, the biggest wave of relief swept over me. It was so scary. After that, he took the videos down, but he planned to upload them a few days before the day of retribution. How was he expecting to happen, though? Like, stupid. I am not part of the human race. Humanity has rejected me. The females of the human species have never wanted to mate with me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mate. Right? So how could I possibly consider myself part of humanity? Humanity has never accepted accepted me among them, and now I know why. I'm more human. I am superior to them all. I am Elliot Roger, magnificent, glorious, supreme, eminent, divine. I'm the closest thing there is to a living God. Humanity is a disgusting, depraved, and evil species. It is my purpose to punish them all. I will purify the world of everything that is wrong with it on the day of retribution I will truly be a powerful God, punishing everyone I deem to be impure and depraved. Hmm. So now we go to May 23rd, 2014. Elliot Roger began his attacks at his apartment. He used two long fixed blade knives and a nearly nine inch hunting knife to kill his roommates. A friend of theirs unfortunately showed up and he was stabbed 94 times. Blood stains in the positions. Morgan has a horrified look on her face. <laughs> 
Blood stains in the positions that the men were found in suggested that each was killed separately as they entered. A bloody bath towel and, and paper towels in the bathroom suggest Roger had attempted to clean the hallway. After this, he went to Starbucks for his last latte. That's when he uh, uploaded his YouTube video titled Retribution at 9.17 p.m. In this video, he said he would take great pleasure in slaughtering all of you, especially women who shunned him and left him a virgin. He also emailed his manifesto, My Twisted World, to 34 people, including his parents and medical and mental health providers who had treated him. (laughs) Imagine getting that email. Uh, After receiving a copy of the manifesto, Elliot's therapist phoned his mother. Which, why didn't she call the fucking police first? Which, well, I'm not, not victim, or whatever, I'm not blaming anybody. Uh, She phoned the mom who, finding the retribution video on Roger's YouTube channel, contacted his father. In uh, separate cars, his parents left L.A. for Santa Barbara, calling Isla Vista police en route. Elliot drove to the uh, Alpha Pi sorority house and began knocking on the door. With the intention of mastering everyone inside, one of the girls said she heard him pounding on the door for several minutes. No one answered. This made Elliot mad, so he turned and shot three Delta Delta sorority sisters who were nearby. Two of those women were killed and the other was wounded. He then got back in his car and drove two blocks. He fired into an unoccupied coffee shop, then shot multiple times into the Isla Vista Deli Mart, where he fatally shot a student who was inside. The man had been struck several times. Seven times. Seven times. Sorry. So he was just letting bullets fly. Um, Elliot then drove south on the wrong side of the street, striking a pedestrian and firing at two people on the sidewalk, missing them. He shot a couple uh, exiting a pizzeria in a female cyclist. He then exchanged fire with sheriff's deputy who was responding to a telephone report and struck two more pedestrians he turned down another street shot and wounded three people struck a skateboarder and two cyclists with his car he then made another turn struck another skateboarder with his car and shot two other men elliot exchanged gunfire with three sheriff deputies and was shot in the hip at one point during the pursuit he crashed into a parked car on the sidewalk when police got to him at 9 35 p.m they found elliot dead inside his car from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head in the car were three pistols knives six empty 10 round magazines and five 548 rounds of unspent ammunition. The whole attack had taken around eight minutes. In the end, 14 people had been wounded, either by gunshot or being struck by Elliot's car. Six died, not including him. So he wrote like a little epilogue, and one of the like the first sentences is, and that is how my tragic life ends. Who would have thought my life would turn out this way? I didn't. And then he goes on and says a bunch of other shit, but so yeah, that was him. Wow. That's Elliot Rogers kind of stunned to be honest are you God. there's people out there like that morgan that's why you have to be careful <laughs> wow, thanks for the when you choose process. your boyfriend it's be like careful. these incels are just crazy right insane God. yeah so if you're an incel you can go fuck yourself because we both know nobody else is going to <laughs> facts facts oh, so yeah that was elliot rogers or roger it's one of our longer ones but he had to get all the all the details. Right. You have to really capture how fucking crazy he was. Hopefully we did that. And we'll see you all next time.